three, two, one. Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh, and in this episode, I'm going to be reading a piece that I wrote that was supposed to go in the book titled Ocean. However, when I finished it, um, it seemed a bit too wooey-woo for the book, uh, and I'll go into more about why I felt that way uh, when I get started. Uh, But before I get into that, if you'd like to support the ongoing creation of this podcast, these books, and all the stuff that comes along with it, uh, you can do that at theinfinitesparkofbeing.com, or you can find a donation page. Uh, And at that donation page, you can donate $1 or $5 a month through Patreon, or a one-time donation through Venmo. The information is there. Um... There's also a link to purchase uh, any of the books, or if you'd like to support this with uh, the t-shirts, the tank tops, the hoodies, the art prints, uh, there's a shop link there. Um, One of the things I'll be working on here uh, coming up this election season, I've always wanted to do my own election signs, so I'd really like to get that going. Again, it's time. It's time to... It's finding time, you know? Um, I am a... uh, worker worker bee so uh here we are alternate timelines and other lives So this is the second time I've tried to record this, this intro for this thing. Um, I keep getting wrapped around the axle and I never want to, um, I don't know, I guess I never want you to know what I'm really like. (laughs) Um, So the reason I didn't put this in the book is because it is kind of out there. It's wooey woo shit. That And the reason I don't, I mean, I talk about some of that stuff, but the reason I don't get this deep into it is because, man, be honest with you, I don't want to have the conversation. This was my experience. I don't want to talk about like, I just, that's it. This was the experience. Just fucking leave it alone. Um, clearly I'm overly analytical. You can tell when I'm reading this thing, my God, I sound like a whatever. Um, these experiences haven't happened uh, probably a year. It's been a year. Um, and I don't know, based on the response I get, maybe I'll elaborate more on it, but this is a big deal for me to even kind of, it's a big deal to me for me to like share this little nugget. Um, I'm trying to be more um, open, I guess. Because I've opened up to some of you and it was helpful. So I'm like, all right, maybe that is useful. But I've tried to stay pretty. um, I never want to go too far into this weird shit, man, because I don't know if it's beneficial. That's the bottom line. I don't know if this can help you. I mean, it has served to help me understand that life is not what they said it was. That it's, if anything, it's really fucking complicated. And we don't know. And um, I don't know if this stuff matters. I really don't. But I think in our culture, we look for an experience. And everybody just wants to have this experience that's going to change their life forever. And that's not how this works. You can have an experience, and I believe I've talked about this, that idea of being a spiritual tourist. 
as opposed to a local. You know, um, it's funny. I don't, I don't know if Nikki listens to this or not, but the, the woman that owns the Metaphysical Healing Institute of Palm Beach, where I do that thing every other Saturday, she's one of those people, man. Uh, I was talking to her the other night, and like, she's not a tourist, but she's into some far out shit that on paper I would roll my eyes at. But she's pretty legit. Um, The thing that upsets me that I find upsetting is when people promote healing and abundance and all these things through, see, I'm starting to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sit here and be a a frustrated, angry pain in the ass. I'm just going to let it go. Um, one, somebody out there, one of you that's listening to this, we had this conversation You and I, I made a total, I was just rambling and ranting and it got exhausted myself with my own bullshit. Um, but yeah, my last demon in the Millerapa cave story would be anger and it's anger out of the need for safety and control is due to the need for safety and yeah. But, you know, I don't share a lot of this stuff because I've always kind of been looked at as, in my opinion, I feel that I have been looked at as a flake and, you know, just a weirdo, especially like my mom and dad, right? They were very pragmatic depression era people that were not trying to hear any of this shit. You know, so me going to school for design or playing music to them, which is like, oh, God. I mean, they're proud of me and loving and whatever, but actually, I don't know if they're proud of me. Just, I have no idea. But I'd like to think they were. Anyway, um, I am, I never want to seem like, I don't know. I just, I've always, I feel as though I have been, like, especially a kid, I was like picked on for being kind of out there. Um, yeah, so that's my ugly stuff. Uh, so I always hesitate to share this stuff. Um, like me in that first or second episode where I talked about like the symbols and everything, that was weird enough. But this is, I just read this and I hadn't read it in a while. I was like, this is going to sound crazy. Um, but if you want me to elaborate more on what I read, just DM me and let me know if enough of you want to hear about it. Or you know how it is. You send me your fucking phone number. I usually call you. Doesn't matter. I'll do it. We can talk more about it. Um, if you've had this kind of experience, we can talk about it. Um, but again, I don't know what, what use it serves. There's this idea in Buddhism that Buddha would, you know, when he would get in, like, would Buddha give a shit about the origin of the universe? And he wouldn't. Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I hear you, but... You know, you keep buying too many Air Jordans. Like, you should probably work on that instead of worrying about, you know. Anyway. All right. I'm going to let this go. Uh, Yeah. Alternate timelines and other lives. Here it is.
Is it possible that all of time is happening simultaneously? That there are past lives, but also current parallel lives associated with the same soul? Could it be that the past and the future are all manifesting somewhere on other timelines, in other dimensions, ready to be pulled into our current awareness and vice versa? Is it possible that all of time is happening simultaneously? That there are past lives, but also current parallel lives associated with the same soul? Could it be that the past and the future are all manifesting somewhere on other timelines, in other dimensions, ready to be pulled into our current awareness and vice versa? It is difficult for me to explain the things I see or the way it feels. Often, they are felt as a rush of memories being downloaded from a hard drive that exists on some other plane, accompanied by visions and the feeling of familiarity. Some leave me feeling homesick and sad. Others leave me with an odd sense of relief, closer to the feeling that one gets when they get a call that a loved one is okay after you've been worried about their safety. In a book titled The Infinite Spark of Being, The Agreement, I made mention of these things in the form of poems. I felt compelled to write about these phenomena, but always felt self-conscious about sharing my experiences. The last thing I wanted was to be lumped in with those books that have flowery pink covers and talk about things like angels and spirit guides. Writing poems and being lyrical about the events seemed the safest bet. I felt that by doing that, I could avoid being accused of being one of those authors of the aforementioned pieces of New Age literature. I'm going to punish myself by using the word visions when describing these phenomena. The word visions is used because I'm not positive that they are past, present, or future. Why is the word visions punishing for me? Because in my mind, I associate that word with people that wear white, sit on a stack of pillows, and channel beings from other star systems. I'm not that. And not that there's anything wrong with it, but I am confused by the amount of trust that folks will put into a being that simply has no body. Personally, I don't believe that qualifies you for the title of teacher. How do I know that you're not some disembodied lunatic who gets a kick out of whispering into the psyches of middle-aged men and women living in the Southwest about how there is a coming shift in consciousness? I struggle to remember exactly when these sorts of visions started. I can say, however, that I have been prone to what is commonly referred to as paranormal experiences since I was a boy. I have family that also experiences those sorts of phenomena. They are not a particularly spiritual group, just a bunch of Florida rednecks. Though I do have a cousin that is quite spiritual, much to her benefit, she does not get tangled up in this stuff like I do, though her experiences are quite extraordinary. I began seeing visions of these other places a few years back. At the time, I was engaged in my practice with a certain level of intensity, but nothing fervent. After that, the phenomena seems to occur with no particular stimulus to trigger it. There are two ways in which this phenomena is brought into my consciousness. 
As best I can tell, this has something to do with my consciousness's placement in relation to my body in the visions. In the case where I experience the scene through a set of eyes, the phenomena begins in my forehead. I will, re I will refer to this as the first form in which the phenomena occur in my mind. My response to the first form has typically been to close my eyes. This gives me a broader view of the scene and seems to bring the view down over my eyes as it were. It allows me to focus on the vision and not conventional reality for that moment. I do not feel forced to close my eyes. Sometimes I choose to, and other times I simply ignore it or make a note that it happened. The second way that the phenomena is brought into my consciousness, which I will call the second form, is harder to explain. When I view things through my eyes within conventional reality, it is apparent to me that the things I am viewing are other. They are outside of me. They are part of the material world. When I described the first form, it is clear that what I'm experiencing is in my mind as some sort of recollection. However, in the second form, the same thing is happening, but instead of it beginning in my forehead, it is down and to the left. I use the words down and to the left because I hesitate to use the term field of vision. The vision is not over my left eye, but on the edge of my left eye, not my peripheral view, but over my peripheral view of conventional reality. The vision then fades out before it enters my direct line of sight. It is as if it were a layer over my peripheral view. My peripheral view of conventional reality and the vision are being viewed at the same time, but they are not interfering with one another. The vision is not blocking out my view of conventional reality, and conventional reality is not blocking my view of the vision. They are being viewed simultaneously. The vision is understood by me to be happening in my mind and not happening in the material world. As I mentioned previously, when discussing the first form, closing my eyes seems to bring the vision into view. Though instead of being pulled down over my eyes, the vision drifts in from the left. Also, I should note that the second form always occurs to my left. During the first form, I experience my consciousness or view as being through the eyes of the being that I am assuming is me in the vision, but it feels loose. My consciousness does not feel confined to that particular body in the vision. In fact, it feels like a shared space. It feels like there is a consciousness already inhabiting the body that is also my consciousness. There are times when it has felt like my view or consciousness could easily slip outside of the body it is inhabiting in the vision. This leads me to wonder if the first form is a past life that my consciousness has somehow slipped into, 
It feels like I am revisiting something. Having asked the question whether or not time is simultaneously at the start of this makes this very confusing. It is confusing for me as I work through this and make attempts to un- attempts at understanding the phenomena. So for my intents and purposes, I am referring to this particular birth that I am writing this from as my reference point. And in doing that, I am curious as to whether or not the quote-unquote past life visions are births that began before this current birth and are still being played out on another dimension as the soul learns and frees itself from this particular scenario. Is the whole life being played out or just scenes? Why are certain scenes recalled? Why do some people only experience past moments and some experience entire lifetimes in a matter of minutes? I have no idea, but I am always willing to hear theories on the subject. I realize how confusing this is. I also realize that this makes no rational sense. During the second form, I experience my consciousness or my view as being tethered or attached to what I am assuming is my body or me in the vision. I am viewing the actions of my body as if I am separate from it. I have no reason to believe that this is not my body. It feels like it is me that I am viewing. It feels like an out-of-body experience. This leads me to wonder if it is an out-of-body experience in another dimension that is currently in play that is, for whatever reason, being pulled into my consciousness in this dimension or vice versa. It doesn't have the quote-unquote past feeling that the first form has. It definitely has a familiarity to it. It feels current. It feels like a check-in or a visitation, like I am checking in on a life currently in progress. In the first form, I experience myself at various ages, and I am not always clear as to what I am wearing, though there have been a few occasions where I was aware of my clothing. As I mentioned, I am viewing it through a set of eyes. In the second form, I and the others in the vision are all often wearing white pants and white shirts. While there have been visions with other clothing, they were not very clear. In each form, there is always a fatherly individual or presence with a certain caregiverness about them. Though there is fatherliness, it is not my father from this birth. In the first form, the presence is bodiless, but not omnipresent. It feels as though it hovers close to me. While experiencing the second form, this caregiver has a body, wearing white and has slightly shaggy brown hair and a thick brown beard. Nothing like my father in this particular birth. 
In the second form, at times, there are what I would call pedestrians or passers-by. As I mentioned before, they are all wearing white. Everyone seems happy. We all commune in small groups, smiling and talking amongst ourselves, though I can never hear the words. It feels as though we are all part of the same community or village. There is a feeling of travel in these visions. Though we aren't carrying anything, for some reason it feels as though we are all going somewhere together. The setting, with very few exceptions, are always outdoors. Even in the first form, it typically takes place outside. On other rare occasions, the scenario is taking place inside. It is usually within the walls of some sort of wooden structure. Outside of these two settings, there is the even more rare occurrence of traveling through a glowing tunnel. In these visions, I am flanked by two beings that are glowing white. Another detail to note is that the tunnels, while they are glowing white as well, there are streaks of golden lights. These visions have been very rare. When I close my eyes and allow myself to experience these visions, it always fills my body with a warm feeling. It feels cozy and familiar. There is a feeling of being flooded or washed over by something. It is as if closing my eyes allows the information into my memory. Though it isn't information in the sense of it being data, it feels more like I am being reminded of something. These memories have the same quality as early childhood memories, the kind that are accessible but nothing but not with any strong detail. You remember going to Aunt Ethel's house, but you do not remember the year, how old you were, or what exactly you were doing there, or what relation the other people were to you. You just know that it was family and it felt nice. There was something warm and good about it. This remembering is this remembering is always felt in my back along my spine in the crook of my arms and is accompanied by the previously mentioned warm rushing feeling. I can't say that one form happens more often than the other. They seem random, or if there is a pattern, I am not skillful enough to see it. Through contemplation of these experiences, it is my feeling that one soul lives several lives and those lives can be lived simultaneously. Why it is doing so is another question altogether. I find it difficult to contemplate that question without projecting my own human nature into it. My nature has preferences, opinions, and desires that will always interfere with my ability to understand certain things. For instance, if I see these lives as programs that a soul is running in order to work through troubled spots in the software, then I am already applying the human idea of trouble to my point of view. That being said, 
If I can find a method of viewing the difficulty of life that allows for less perceived difficulty, then I guess that is the route I will take. From that point of view, difficulty becomes my coursework or my program. And if that difficulty, coursework, or program leads me to living a more peaceful life filled with happiness and equanimity, then that difficulty becomes grace. It becomes a blessing or an opportunity to move forward and patch the holes in my perception. It changes my reality. This phenomena of witnessing these visions is not special. It's not useful. It hasn't made my interactions with others more skillful. It hasn't given me peace of mind or stillness. Hell, most, most paranormal or spiritual experiences only serve to make it harder to feel okay with things as they appear on this plane. And they can and will make you an insufferable bore to those closest to you. How she puts up with me, I'll never know. As I'm finishing typing all of this out, I'm asking myself why I would share this or what good it serves. As I'm asking myself that, I'm reminded of my motivation for starting the Infinite Spark of Being blog in the first place. The reason was to share my experiences and the inspiration I have found along the path. I always imagine some person out there that doesn't feel at home with the description of reality that they had been given, and like myself, found a book, read some words, and for some reason, those words hit them at the right time and sent them off on a journey. With a shift in perspective, these experiences can serve to remind us that this life is not exactly what they said it was or how they said it would be. So um, that's it for alternate timelines and other lives. Um, I ranted a lot at the beginning. I um, Lately, it's been bothering me a lot, I think. Um, and I, I feel like I start to sound like some asshole on a soapbox, like beating a drum, but... I just hate the idea of people thinking that this one thing is going to fix them, you know, and 10 years ago, if you had told me running barefoot on asphalt would be an important part of my spiritual practice, I would have held my breath to tie my shoes and said, you're out of your fucking mind. And then given up and put my Crocs on. Um, <laughs> it was bad. But, um, man, I don't know. I wanted to say something uh, helpful. But I realize lately that um, I have a lot of anger to deal with. That anger, um, I believe, is secondary and the primary emotion with that, <laughs> if I was talking to a client, would probably be, um, well, I don't know, recently I was, um, you know, uh, took a personality traits thing with Troy and like, 
I always come out as controller analyst. And I believe that reason is because if I'm in control, I can't get hurt. And if I'm really analytical, you can't hurt me without me knowing. Um, and I believe all of that goes back to like being a kid and uh, not being treated well by people that my parents kept giving me to. Um, and I think that it triggers that response when, I don't know, when I see people, I don't fucking know. I don't know, man. Um, if you'd like to support the ongoing creation of the Infinite Spark of Being, you can go to infinitesparkofbeing.com. Click around. I don't know. Buy a shirt. I'm still debating on fixing the don't sprinkle shit seeds on my dream field. <laughs> but uh, in short, I guess what that piece was that I'd written, I didn't, I obviously didn't edit it and haven't looked at it in fucking knows how long. But um, the idea that soul, us as souls, or the soul is, is spinning out these different lives simultaneously and, you know, at times doing certain things, you get these glimpses and, um, I will tell you this, some of them came in traffic. So I was doing practices, but they didn't happen during the practices. Uh, I remember at one point being very concerned um, with my brain. I thought that maybe um, something was wrong. Uh, and I was directed to talk to uh, Miss Prem Shakti. Some of you know her. <laughs> and she uh, put my mind at ease and said, oh, that's... And then she used a Sanskrit word that I'd never heard. And she goes, that's this and that's this. And then she told me a story of a man that she knew who was doing the same practice and fucked up his nervous system so bad he had to go to the hospital. So I kind of stopped. I mean, I stopped doing it so much. <laughs> anyway, um, that's it. Reach out. Um, I'm going to blatantly make a request that you let me know that I don't sound like an asshole. I'm sorry. I'm so self-conscious about sounding like a know-it-all piece of shit. Fuck. All right. Be good. Call me. 